The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Murray. And this is it, man. The college football season is winding down. The college football playoff semifinal games are on Saturday. The New Year's Six Bowls are coming up in the upcoming days as well. And Aaron, I'm actually caught off guard by this. Merry Christmas to everyone who is listening to Punt and Pass. I hope you had a fantastic holiday. This one really snuck up on me. I cannot believe the college football playoff semifinal games are on Saturday. I'm just not, I'm usually expecting them to be on New Year's Eve, maybe even some on New Year's Day. But mm-hmm. here they come, and I just, I, I got to get ready for them. So that's why we're taping this. Well, you, you most importantly need to get ready for my bowl game on Saturday. First yes. off, I just want to make sure you know you tune in and watch me before a little appetizer. You know, a little, little something, something before the big, big boys play at four o'clock. So, yeah, I mean, it's here. I mean, it is crazy to think in a couple of days now we're going to be watching uh, the opportunity for two teams to get into the national championship. Yeah. But it, the more and more I talk about it, the more and more I look at these teams and obviously the spreads are still where they are. I think they're at 13, 14 for each game, which is just mind blowing to me that they're that high for the top four teams in the country. You think that it's going to be a two touchdown game, but I just Maybe because I'm wanting it to happen or, or what, but I don't know. The more and more I watch, I watch film on Notre Dame, the more and more I watch film on Oklahoma, just the, the better feeling I get that these games are going to be really good. I don't think these are going to be blowout games where you're going to be turning it off at the end of the third quarter, at the end of halftime, whatever it may be. I think these could be four-quarter games, fun, exciting games, and I, I think it's going to be an awesome Saturday. Like you said, it did sneak up on us, but – I'm ready for some good football, so it should be a lot of fun on Saturday. So are we. I know people are somewhat working. Probably a lot of people aren't working, getting ready for this big New Year's Eve weekend. But, man, people have weddings on Saturday. I know that for a fact. People have sports stuff on Saturday. I mean, you better hunker down at your house, get set up with some sweet TV action, and prepare for an awesome day of college football and of course starting with Aaron's game the Arizona Bowl I think Aaron yeah baby so that will be a good one but follow us on social media we are at punt and pass on Twitter and Instagram I am at Drew Butler 13 and Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 so let's just dive right into it we'll start off with the Cotton Bowl Aaron it's number two Clemson taking on number three Notre Dame 
This game kicks off at 4 p.m. It's in Arlington, Texas, in Jerry World. And you said it. Clemson is a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. That is a huge point spread for two teams that are both in the top three. Now, news breaking, Aaron, on Monday, a little pre-Christmas news dump, Clemson is going to be without Dexter Lawrence, one of their star defensive linemen. Mm -hmm. He has a failed drug test. Now, I know that they're trying to get a B sample, which would mean that it was somehow tampered with, um, but that's looking unlikely. So probably going to be without Dexter Lawrence and then two other reserve players failed drug tests as well. This could be big, but keep in mind, Clemson has so much depth on that defensive line. I'm not sure how it's going to affect the game. Notre Dame does have a good rushing attack. I know you do love Notre Dame, but I'm just going to throw this out there right off the bat. I think the biggest thing that cannot be overlooked, Aaron, in this matchup is Clemson's three previous college football playoff experiences and Notre Dame's lack thereof. All Notre Dame has been hearing about is how they fell flat on their face in 2012 in the BCS National Championship game. Clemson is looking for revenge after losing their semifinal game to Alabama just a year ago. This is going to be a great game, but I don't see Clemson losing this one. No, I listen. I think Clemson from top to bottom is a better team, but this is a much better Notre Dame team than we saw in 2012. I think they're better at majority positions, uh, and then they're not dealing too with their own off the field incident. We remember all that stuff with Monte Teo or Monte Teo back oh, in 2012, yeah. all that wow. craziness and distractions, and 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 plus, I think that Alabama team in 2012. I mean, we faced them this championship game. That was a elite, elite, elite football team. One of the best of all time uh, back in 2012. So I, I do think Clemson has vulnerabilities. I think Trevor Lawrence for, I listen. I like him. I think he's a tremendous quarterback. What he's done this year as a freshman, he's not turned the ball over. He's not taken sacks. I think he only has about eight sacks this season. Those are kind of the big, big ticket items I look at. You know, does he know where he's going with the football? Is he getting it out on time? Can he handle the blitz? He's doing all those things, and then he uses his legs every now and then to get some yards, to get out of any kind of trouble. But they still haven't faced a really good defense this year. You can't tell me that Clemson has played a good football team this season besides maybe A&M early on in the season. It's been pretty much cupcake games for in the ACC. So I want to see, can he handle, one, the big stage? I mean, because this is a big, big stage. And two, can he handle a team that, one, offensively can control the clock. Uh, Notre Dame can run the football. Ian Book's a very accurate quarterback. He can convert third downs. And then, two, a defense that's very good on that side of the football. I mean, th- this is not a cupcake ACC defense that he's used to facing where he can stack there four or five seconds and throw the ball over the park. So I think for Clemson's success is going to be that can, t- can keep it simple for Trevor Lawrence keep ETN involved at the running back position. I mean, that kid's been an absolute stud this entire season, but don't put too much on his plate and, and see if he can handle that. Like I said, that the big, uh, the big spotlight. And if he can handle it, I do think Clemson is a better team, but overall we're talking about a Notre Dame team. Like I said, that plays good offense. That plays really good defense. They're solid everywhere. And, and it goes back to the quarterback position. Ian book is a stud. 
I think he's good enough to keep them in this game and make it interesting and possibly a four-quarter game. No, you're totally right. I mean, two things that you can say about Notre Dame is that they're solid or that they're sound. I mean, you're listening to Dabo Swinney's press conference this week in the welcome ceremony at the Cotton Bowl, and he says that they take care of the ball, they play within their schemes, and they don't beat themselves. And that's what you have to do against a team like Clemson. Keep in mind, both these teams are undefeated. Now, granted... Notre Dame was independent, and Clemson's in the ACC, so we can argue about that until the cows come home. There's no question, but they took care of business week in and week out. Ian Book, when he started, Aaron, you were probably his biggest fan in the nation, and for good reason. I mean, what he did to really make that Notre Dame offense go, um, you can't argue it. There's reports that Brandon Wimbush is already getting ready to transfer. I think that was probably expected. But if Notre Dame wants to win this game, they can't turn the ball over. They have to establish the run game. Ian Book's going to have to make some explosive plays, which he can do both with his arm and with his feet. So here is my key matchup. I think it's that defensive line against Ian Book. How are they going to affect a guy who's able to get a lot of momentum within a football game? I don't know if Notre Dame's rushing attack is going to get established as much as they would probably like. Brian Kelly's a smart coach, so he's probably going into this with the game plan of, hey, we cannot rely on the run game, but that's why you have Ian Book. So if Notre Dame's offensive line can give Ian Book enough time, Aaron, to be able to throw the ball downfield with accuracy with a little bit of time in the pocket or just not let Clemson's defensive line get a lot of pressure or a lot of sacks, which they are known to do, I think that's going to be able to tell you who is going to win this game. And I just don't think Clemson's defensive line will be deterred. I think it almost, from the first drive on, Aaron, I think Clemson's D-line affects Ian Book, and this one could get out of hand. I mean, there's a reason it's a 13-point spread. Oh, both undefeated no. Teams. I mean, listen, Notre Dame has athletes, so they got plenty of studs on the offensive side. This isn't for how good Ian Book is. This isn't going to be all on his shoulders. I mean, Dexter Williams, tremendous running back, and then Miles Boykin on the outside has been just a stud one-on-one matchups, and that's an area that Clemson struggled a little bit is in the secondary. I mean, you've seen some big games with teams able to throw the ball accurately down the field against this defense, Notre Dame can do that, and Notre Dame can run the ball. I mean, this is a very balanced attack where if you want the loaded box and you want to go one-on-one with Miles Boykin on the outside, Ian Book's smart enough, he's good enough, he's accurate enough to take advantage of that on the outside. So I just think I, – I, I I, I, I'm still shocked that this is such a heavy point spread. Yeah, I why really hasn't am. it moved? I, I, and it hasn't moved, so I, I don't know. I mean, listen, it's I think it's going to be closer than that. And just the fact that, like I said, I think Notre Dame has all the pieces in the making to be a very good team. And I think this could be a big time upset, according to the point spread, if Notre Dame takes care of the football and if Trevor Lawrence comes out a little bit shaky in this game. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I would look for the Dexter Lawrence official news um, to be dropped probably this afternoon, Thursday afternoon. I mean, I don't think they would wait the day before the game, but they're holding out hope. Yeah, that, they need to move on. Yeah. They, they, they want to move on, too, from it and get whoever's going to play all situated. So I the, agree that, that 
that decision is probably going to be made sooner rather than later. Did you see that he thought it was a joke? Did Did you read that? The three players thought that Dabo Swinney was joking with them when he said, "Hey, you guys failed drug tests, and you're not going to be able to play in the game." Yeah, but, I don't think this this is not joking around time of the uh, of the week right now. No, it's not joking around time of the week, and, and these guys have got to get ready to rock and roll without Dexter Lawrence. I just don't think that's enough for Notre Dame to make it happen. I'm going to give you a bold prediction, and this may not come as a surprise to those who listen to punt and pass every single week, but Clemson's rolling. Clemson is rolling in this game in Dallas. It's going to is, be- this, is this your, your faith in Clemson or your disdain for Notre Dame? It is a healthy combination of both. Now, I do go. not disdain or despise Notre Dame. I just don't think that they are as good as Clemson. I mean, it's as simple as that. I think Clemson's elite. I think Alabama is elite. I don't think Notre Dame is. I think Notre Dame should have been dropped back to four. I think Oklahoma should have passed up Notre Dame in the final four rankings before the college football playoff semifinal games were announced. But here's my prediction. I'm going Clemson 41, Notre Dame 20. That's a 21-point victory, 41-20, to Clemson over Notre Dame in the Cotton Bowl. Clemson punches the first ticket to the national championship game. I like – I'm, I'm with you in the fact that I think Clemson is a better football team. I think they have more athletes on that side offensively and defensively. But you know me, I got my Notre Dame hat on. I'll be cheering for the upset, and I do think this is going to be closer than what the Vegas people are thinking. I think this is a – 38 31 type football game and you're picking right Notre there. Dame. there you go not picking clemson he's picking clemson i'm picking clemson 31 i go 41 20 clemson according to punt and pass is in the national championship game all right the 8 p.m game the second semifinal is number four oklahoma against number one alabama it is of course the orange bowl in miami and alabama is a two touchdown Favorite. That's right. They're favored by 14 points. Of course, everybody knows that Alabama is beatable, according to the SEC championship game, in which Georgia could not finish the drill. But the storylines this week, Aaron, Tua Tungavailoa is still dealing with a little bit of a bum ankle. He told ESPN's Maria Taylor, who is a friend of the podcast and was one of our guests earlier this season, that he's feeling about 80 to 85 percent. I think he told her that yesterday or the day before. But Kyler Murray also not feeling too well, a bit under the weather. He skipped out on the first media session for the Orange Bowl. And Aaron, I think I would just call that veteran savvy move. He didn't want to deal with all that. He didn't want to be asked questions about the Heisman. He didn't want to have to mess with the media. And I think Lincoln Riley probably told him, hey, you know what? We'll just say you're sick. Don't worry about it. Go get some rest. And uh, Heisman winner versus Heisman runner up. Kyler Murray and Tua Tungabailoa in this Orange Bowl. This should be a very good game. I think this is going to be an awesome football game. And I keep going back to last year's Rose Bowl with Georgia and Oklahoma. And a very, very, very good Georgia defense and a very good Oklahoma offense. And then you look at Alabama this year. This is still a good Alabama defense. And, and trust me, I'm not ripping Alabama and saying these guys are poo poo by any means, but I just don't think Alabama's defense is as elite as, as, as Georgia's defense was last year. And I think Oklahoma's offense 
this season could possibly be better with Kyler Murray, even better than Baker Mayfield and those guys had at that offense role in the last season. So we saw the difficulties that, that Georgia faced, especially early in that football game, being able to stop that offense that spreads you out, gets those one-on-one matchups. And then the hardest thing in football is to make open field tackles. And this is what this offense creates. It creates defenses having to make one-on-one tackles in the open field, which is tough. It's very tough, especially when you have great receivers and running backs and even a quarterback that can make you miss. So I think Kyler Murray's a stud. I think this offense is very elite. The, the big question mark heading into this game and, and for Oklahoma is Marquise Brown and Mr. Hollywood. I mean, is he going to be healthy? He was seen running routes in practice. I mean, it, how fast or how full speed that is, I don't know. I mean, if he's out of this game, that's a huge loss for Oklahoma. If he's healthy enough to go out there and play – He's a very, and we talk about open field making guys miss. He's elite at that and then elite at taking the top off of defenses. So that would be a huge plus for Oklahoma. Once again, it goes to Oklahoma's defense and the Big 12. I mean, can they find a way to be creative enough to stop two in that offense? And I think that, I think Georgia showed the, the blueprint. Just keep everything in front of you. If, you. if you want to be able to stay in this football game, don't let the big play happen. Don't give up the post route. Don't give up the go ball. And see if you can frustrate Tua enough to maybe force him into a couple turnovers and then maybe a couple sacks, ding him up a little bit, get him uncomfortable. That's how you could possibly stay in this game. And then I think for Alabama, the key is going to be just run the football. Just run the football. Your best defense is staying on the field. If you could get to 35, 36, 37 minutes of of time of possession and, and frustrate Oklahoma and think that they have to have explosive plays over and over and over again. That's how you can kind of, like I said, frustrate Oklahoma. You look last year in the Rose bowl. I think Georgia racked up like 350 yards rushing versus Oklahoma's defense. I think Alabama can do that with their three headed monster at running back and just keep Oklahoma and Kyler Murray off the field. So honestly, I know this sounds crazy, but you know, for, for Alabama, why not put Jalen in more, especially if two is not a hundred percent. He's wobbling. You got a running yeah, quarterback. That's a great that point. Eat up the clock, use RPOs, the zone reads. Like I said, eat up the clock and just keep Oklahoma's offense off the field. That I think that's how you could possibly dominate this football game. And, and Alabama has all the tools necessary to go out there and do that. All right. So you bring up a great point and it is a natural comparison to what happened in last year's Rose Bowl, which was Oklahoma against Georgia. And for obvious reasons, you can draw comparisons as to why this game may be similar between Oklahoma and Alabama. You mentioned you think Georgia's defense last year, led by Roquan Smith, Lorenzo Carter, Davin Bellamy, the likes, is a little bit or was a little bit better than Alabama's defense this year. I would probably agree with you on that. But we have to address the elephant in the room. And Aaron, I'm just going to read out some numbers starting in November. Here you go. 46, 47, 40, 56. Those were consecutive weeks of Oklahoma's defensive performance. They give up points. And I agree with you in the fact that Alabama should be able to do whatever they want on offense. I do not think that Oklahoma will be able to make explosive play after explosive play on Alabama's defense. That's just not how they operate. Will they be able to get chunk yardages? Of course they will. That's what they're built upon. But Nick Saban's defense, Nick Saban's defensive scheme, they're going to be able 
to get after Kyler Murray and make sure that he isn't throwing for an average of 18 to 22 yards per pass. Now, I love what you said about Jalen Hurts. I think that is certainly a possibility because who knows how healthy Tua Tungavailoa's ankle really is. You Remember, he got it banged up pretty bad and was taken out of that SEC championship game. If he does play on it, though, probably won't be that mobile. And, and that's what's going to need to happen if something breaks down on the back end, which it doesn't seem like it's going to considering Oklahoma's defensive performances this entire season. But if you have Jalen Hurts in there, man, he will roll out to the right every single play and extend plays, make something happen, just like he did in that comeback against Georgia in the SEC championship game. Oklahoma has no defense. Statistics prove that. I think Alabama exploits it. The over-under in this game is 77, Aaron. That is insane for an Mm. Alabama defense. I do understand Oklahoma's offense is prolific as well. I don't know if this one's a shootout, and I want you to tell me first before I make my pick, I think Alabama covers. I just don't see how Oklahoma can score 40-plus on Alabama. I can, but I think it goes back to is, is Marquise Brown healthy yeah. enough? I think they have plenty of other athletes on that side of the football receiver-wise, and then you have the Heisman winner, and, and I don't think any moment for him is going to be too big. I mean, every single game this year, Kyler Murray's gone out there and dominated. I mean, he has not had a bad week or even close to a bad week. Every week it's three, four, five touchdowns, a bazillion yards. I know it's going against lesser defenses, but still – you would think eventually maybe there'd be one kind of off game or not a so-so game every week. He's dominated. I mean, he's just that good at the quarterback position. So I think he could give Alabama fits. We know what a mobile quarterback can do to defenses and making sure they stay honest. And then, and then you find those one-on-one matchups on the outside. So I don't know. I, I, I like this to be closer. I do think Alabama is going to dominate the line of scrimmage. I think they're going to eat up that clock and that's how they're going to win this game and frustrate Oklahoma a little bit. But I think it's going to be more of a uh, 42 to 35 game. Okay, so Bama wins, but they don't cover the 14 points. That's Aaron's projection. Now we have to remember and remind everybody that Alabama's offensive lineman, Deontay Brown, not playing. He uh, has violation of team rules. He is a starter. Aaron, I would think violation of team rules is probably something that happened during bowl practice, whether he missed a curfew or failed some sort of drug test, but he is not playing. And again, he is a starter on that offensive line. Deontay Brown. I want to ask you this question as well. Kyler Murray is not big. I saw him at the college football award show Mm -hmm. in Atlanta. And when I say not big, I mean, five, eight is a stretch. He is short. I understand that he is explosive and I understand that he has elite talent, which is why he won the Heisman trophy. But Alabama's defensive line, especially those guys like Quinton Williams and Raekwon Davis. I mean, they will try to collapse that pocket and make it very hard for Kyler Murray to feel comfortable when he's delivering the ball downfield. Oklahoma, of course, does get rid of the ball quickly. They like to get the players with a lot of talent in space with the ball in their hand. But I think this could be overlooked. Kyler Murray could be in for a long day against a sizable Alabama defensive line. Does that matter? No. No, I think he's fine. Listen, they play scrubs in the Oklahoma or in, in the big 12 where these guys are small. They might not be as good, but he still has learned to get, you know, see over guys. 
us short quarterbacks find a way to be creative with our legs in the pocket, move around. So <laughs> listen, I think Kyler Murray is going to be just fine in this football game. I think the big factor to you, if you can't overlook in this is Nick Saban given a month to prepare. Yes. I think Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, these elite coaches, you give them more than a week to get ready for these kind of games. They, 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 they the, the, their minds, the way they work, the way they can get guys ready to go, the game plans they could put together to stop an elite offense like Oklahoma. That is a huge fact, not just the players, but the coaches in this game that plays a role, especially given a month, like I said, to prepare for it. So that I think that is huge advantage for Alabama's defense and given that amount of time to get ready for this type of offense. All right, well, here is my prediction. Uh, I was watching highlights last night, you know, in between some bowl games on ESPN, and they're showing Alabama's highlights from this year. And I know Georgia took them to the wire in the SEC championship game, but do not forget what Alabama did all season long. In the regular season, they won every single game by 22 points or more. These defensive highlights that they were showing, man, Alabama's defense was just relentless pursuit, killing quarterbacks, making amazing plays, flipped to the offensive side. Tua Tungo-Vailoa was unstoppable all season long. And I saw some Oklahoma highlights as well. Yeah, of course I saw some Oklahoma highlights, but I wasn't that impressed or wasn't as impressed as what I saw on the Alabama side. So my prediction is this. Saturday's college football playoff semifinal games are going to be boring. Clemson's going to whoop Notre Dame 41-20, to as I previously mentioned, and Alabama is going to take care of Oklahoma. There's a reason they're a two-touchdown favorite, Aaron. I think they score 52 points, and I think Oklahoma scores 31. So that is it. Clemson 41-20. Alabama 52 to 31. It's going to be two routes. I think Vegas has this spot on. There's a reason these lines haven't moved. And I love, I just love an Alabama Clemson rematch for the national championship game. So I'm just telling you right now, Aaron, they're trying to make it interesting, but the Sharps in Vegas know that there's a reason both these games are right around a two touchdown spread. And I just don't think. I, I think the two teams at the top, Clemson and Alabama, are much better than Notre Dame and Oklahoma, regardless of who played who. Listen, I'm hoping for good games. You're, you're a little Grinch over there, wants some blowouts <laughs> and, and move on after third quarter. I want great football, and maybe that's 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 the reason why I think it's closer. But I, I think there's a reason why all four of these teams are where they are right now in the playoff is because they are really good yeah. football teams. They're deserving. The committee believes so. The way they've played each and every week makes me believe so. So I'm hoping for good games. I think it's a possibility. All teams should be healthy. All teams should be well-prepared for four weeks of getting ready for this game. So um, I'm, like I said, I'm hoping for a good one. All right, let's finish this up. Let's touch on the other New Year's Six Bowls. Of course, the Peach Bowl is on Saturday, and this is a good matchup. It's number seven, Michigan, taking on number 10, Florida. Michigan is a six-point favorite. This, of course, is in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And I like Michigan's defense here. I just can't buy Felipe They're, they're missing like four players. They though. are. They, he, have like, they have like half their defense decided to leave and get ready for the NFL. So I think that's... That hurts them greatly. But can you buy Felipe Franks, especially in a big game atmosphere? I mean, you this know should I can be... buy Felipe Franks. <laughs> I've been buying Felipe Franks all year. No, you buy Dan Mullen. As long as 
I do buy. I I I'm a heavy stock in Dan Mullen right now. I think, but I, we saw the progression of Felipe Franks this season or Dan Mullen's offense, and then now you talk about bull practice as opportunity to continue to get better, get some extra practice. You get back to fundamentals a little bit during the season. It's tough to really work fundamentals in the week. You got to get ready. You got to put the game plan in. There's a lot going on during the week right now during bowl practice. You can get back to those little things that you need to work on. You know, are, are you, are you, are you not keeping your eyes downfield in the pocket? Are you not extending plays? You're not doing this, whatever it may be. This is your opportunity to work on that. So I think this is now a chance during these four weeks, Dan Mullen got to work with Felipe Franks a little bit more on his fundamentals, clean some stuff up. I think they'll be fine. Like I said, Michigan's losing a bunch of guys on defense right now, guys that declared early for the draft. I think that helps, obviously, Florida. They're they're running the ball well. Felipe's taking care of the football for the majority of the season. And then just the way Michigan played that last game, I mean, that taste in your mouth after just getting absolutely dismantled by um, Ohio State in that Big Ten championship game. I mean, they've had to think about that now for three or four weeks. It's just not a good feeling. You don't feel great about life. Um, <laughs> I like Florida in this game. I really do. I think Florida, like I said, everyone's playing. They're healthy. Felipe, I think, is going to take another step forward. And I think they move in the right direction after a tremendous first season for Dan Mullen and the Gators. Michigan's defensive end, Rayshon Gary is out. Junior linebacker Devin Bush is out. Senior running back Karen Hignan is out. They are draft eligible, and they are not playing. I heavily disagree with those decisions because you and I have talked about it at length. Pole games are fun. I mean, that's really your reward for a season, a long, hard season of work. And, and even after you get blown out by your hated rival, 62-39, to 39, you still want to play in those games. But I don't think Florida's ever beaten Michigan, Aaron. I think I've been hearing that reported throughout the week. I do not think Florida has ever beaten Michigan in two very storied college football program histories. That's pretty remarkable. The last time these two teams played was a couple of years ago in Jim Harbaugh's first year at Michigan. Michigan beat Florida in the Citrus Bowl 41-7. to I don't think this will be a blowout. I think this will be a good game. But I'll take Michigan here. They have a lot to prove. They've got to come back after a horrible loss to Ohio State in the big game. Of course, that ended their season and put Ohio State into the Big Ten Championship. I just can't buy Felipe Franks. I said it when we started talking about this game. I'll lay well, – actually, you know what? Give me the six points if I'm Florida here. But Michigan wins this one close. I think like – Thirty-one twenty-seven. Michigan wins. I got thirty-five twenty. I got thirty-five thirty-one. Florida wins. All right, thirty-five thirty-one. Yep. Florida wins, and I'll take thirty-one twenty-seven. Michigan. All right, the other New Year's Six game. I think this one is on the thirtieth. Aaron, if I'm not mistaken, I'm scrolling my schedule right now, and it is. Well, on the first, we'll go straight to the Sugar Bowl. How about that? Number 15, Texas, taking on number five, Georgia. Georgia's up to a 13-point favorite. Justin Fields will play. He's going to be with the team. Reports that he will probably be transferring at the end of the season. But, Aaron, I look at this one and just don't think it's a good matchup for Texas. I think Georgia walks in there, runs the ball, takes care of business as they've done really well the second half of this season. What I'll be most interested in, and I don't think Kirby Smart would get sucked into some sort of um, ploy to to please Justin Fields, but 
you got to give Jake from the rock and just say, go win us a football game, right? Why would you go back to what Georgia did earlier in the season and really try to implement a two quarterback system, run the ball, let Fromm take over. The defense has played so well in the second half of the season. I think Georgia goes in there, does what they do and makes Texas look pretty subpar as we've seen multiple times this year. Well, yeah, Texas, the second half of the season, I mean, they had the big win versus Oklahoma, but other than that, Friday start to the season, great start. You think Texas is back, Texas is back. And then the second half of the year, a couple losses, a couple really not so great games. So I, I Georgia is the better team. I mean, by far, offensively, defensively. And I, I don't think Georgia's going into this game with the mentality of they're upset, they're pissed off, they're not in the final four. I think they're going in there saying, we want to make a statement that we are one of the best teams in college football. And let's continue this momentum that we've built for the past two seasons heading into now 2019, where we have once again, a very stacked team. I mean, defensively, they're going to be loaded next year. Yes. Offensively, they're going to be loaded. I mean, this team in my mind could, it's going to be ranked in the top two heading into next season, maybe top three, depending on what, what Clemson does in this playoffs this year. Um, but probably t- I think top two, because Clemson's losing so much of the defensive line position. So I think they're going to go in there with some, some anger, some fire, some determination, and I think they're going to go in there and kick some butt. And I don't think you're going to see Justin Fields maybe limited, maybe a couple plays here or there. But why? Why put him yeah. in there? I mean, it's looking like he's not going to be a part of your team going forward. So why waste plays for someone who's not going to be here in a couple weeks? I totally so agree. I think they're going to stick with their game plan, run the football, dominate Texas, dominate that defense. I think this game, what's, what's the spread? 13, uh, Georgia 13-point favorite. Oh, I'm taking the, I'm taking it all day. I think Georgia completely routes Texas. Yeah, I would think, I think so they win too. by I think they win by like 17. All right, I, I agree. Keep in mind, this team will be watching the college football playoff semifinal games. Those are on the 29th. Georgia and Texas play on the first. So, since I'm always right, and Alabama will crush Oklahoma. Okay, Georgia will then have an opportunity to crush Texas and prove that they could have or should have been a top four team. They will have something to prove regardless of what happens in the semifinal games, but usually those games are not played before some of the lesser New Year's Six Bowls. Now, I am all for this matchup. I think Georgia versus Texas is great for college football. I may be mm-hmm. a little biased in saying that, but the Sugar Bowl is a fantastic game. A lot of pageantry around this bowl. I think it's going to be fun to watch. It's at 8 p.m. on New Year's Day, but... Aaron, I am in complete agreement with you. Georgia takes care of business handily. They probably score 38, 41 points on Texas's defense, and I just can't see Texas's offense putting up many points on Georgia. I think a 20-point victory is not out of the question, my man, and uh, Georgia covers 13 for sure. Two more games. The Fiesta Bowl, Aaron, number 8 UCF against number 11 LSU. Oh, defending champs are here. Defending national champs out west in Glendale at State Farm Stadium. That, of course, is the Central Florida Golden Knights. LSU is a seven and a half point favorite, though. They're going to be missing Greedy Williams. He, of course, declared for the draft. He will not be playing. But UCF, man, they're putting out hype videos saying they're disrespected. The news reports of them turning down a two and one against in state Florida Gators. I mean, this has got to stop, and I hope LSU it needs to can end. make it stop. What's going to happen here? I don't really have a feel on this game, but, man, if UCF beats another SEC team, 
back-to-back years in New Year's Six Bowl games. It's going to get out of control if it isn't already. Ah, man, I'm hoping not. I just want this <laughs> uh, I want this whole this this parade or whatever's going on the celebration just to finally end. I think this could I think I think it's going to happen. We we talk about bowl games being kind of a fun time. You have to go to a a fun city, warm, a lot of events. You're going to Disney Worlds and this and that and it's a lot of fun. I think Cocho is like screw that. We're grinding our butt off this week. We're not going to so. get embarrassed by UCF. And, and that's the thing. I mean, UCF is not sneaking up on this team like they snuck up on Auburn last year. And then it reminds you, Auburn was really beat up in the last season. I mean, those guys were dismantled at a lot of positions. Running backs were, was not very healthy. And plus, they're thinking they're showing up to a bowl game playing UCF. They're like, uh, whatever. Who really cares about this game yes. right now? Where I think LSU saying, we're not going to get embarrassed right now. We're going in here and we're going to dominate this football game. I think if Mackenzie Milton was the starting quarterback for UCF, I'd feel a lot more confident. And, and Daryl Mack Jr. had a really good game, <clears throat> excuse me, the end of the season, but he's no Mackenzie Milton. He doesn't have that game experience. He doesn't have that playmaker type exp- or mentality totally. as much as Mackenzie does. So I like LSU. I like their defense. I like their ability offensively to run the football. You look at UCF last season, very, very good defense. I mean, very good defense all over the place. This year, defensively, has not been the same. They lost a lot of guys to the NFL and to just seniors moving on after the 2017 season. So I think LSU's offense, which has been pretty non-existent this year, is going to have their way running the football against a smaller, less physical UCF defense. I think they're going to own the clock. And I think UCF, not think, I believe, I know UCF is going to finally get their first loss in two seasons versus LSU. And now we can all move on in peace and not have to worry about another parade in Orlando. Yeah, I think, you know, without Mackenzie Milton, I just don't see UCF being able to put 60 minutes together to take down LSU. If LSU does what they have done Really all season long. I know the Texas A&M game looks bad on paper, but keep in mind they played seven overtimes. LSU should win, (coughs) excuse me, and cover that seven and a half. So finally, UCF loses the game. Let's wrap this thing up, Aaron. One more, the Rose Bowl. Number six, Ohio State taking on number nine, Washington. Ohio State is a seven-point favorite. This is Urban Meyer's last game as head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes. He will be teaching a leadership and morales course at Ohio State next year. And then he will be the assistant athletic director in what is probably the most least self-aware move that a university could make. I have no idea how it's even possible. Shocking, but leave it to Ohio State. Of course, this is Urban Meyer's swan song. It probably won't be the last game that he ever coaches because we know that he will probably be at Southern California in two years from now after Clay Helton finally gets fired. But Ohio State should certainly be able to take care of Washington. I don't know if this game will be that close. Ohio State is a touchdown favorite. But give me Ohio State here. Dwayne Haskins, that offense obviously clicked big time in the Big Ten Championship game. And then, of course, against Michigan. This one should be... Pretty favorable matchup for the Buckeyes. I like them 35-17 to beat Washington. Oh, my God. I don't even think Washington's going to score 17 points. I mean, look at the Pac-12 championship game. That thing was awful. I mean, I, I, I couldn't even watch the game. It was so bad. Washington's offense, uh, I know they got Miles Gasson back at running back. He's very talented. But 
it's just Jake Browning and that offense has been, it's been really, really bad. Honestly. I mean, not a very good offense this entire season. They've been praying and hoping the defense shows up each and every week. I think Ohio state's too good offensively with Dwayne Haskins, with those receivers, spraying the out, creating those one-on-one matchups. I think they're going to not have their way necessarily. I don't think it's going to be a Michigan type performance from Ohio state's offense, but I think they're going to be able to put up some points. And then as I said, Washington's offense is just, it's, it's, it's awful. It really is plain and simple. It is an awful offense. I don't think they can move the football. They couldn't all season long. And, and Ohio state does have talent on that side of the football. So I think this is a, a snoozer of a game where Ohio state gets up early and just puts the, the pedal down and they just, it's a, it's a route. I think I'm, I think it's a 30. No, I think it's like a 38 to 14 game. All right. Well, I think it is a complete bloodbath. I, I think the only good, I think the only good game of those four games we just talked about is the, the Florida Michigan game. Yeah. I think everything else is kind of a, I think everything else is going to be kind of blah. Yeah. Just like I said with the semifinals, Alabama's going to yeah. roll. Clemson's going Never. to roll. And I can't wait because I watched you on Inside College Football, CBS Sports Network, big time Aaron Murray, looking all good with his suit on, up in New York, mm. big city guy, just fawning over Notre Dame. You love Ian Book. I you love, love the book. Fighting Irish, and when they get it handed to them, I am never going to let you live it down. You may have to cancel. And when they win, I'm year. buying you a nice green jersey to wear. <laughs> there you go. All right, man. Well, have fun in Arizona. Enjoy the Arizona Bowl. Who's playing again? Um, Arkansas State against Nevada. Arkansas and Nevada, baby. Sweet. That'll be a, a good offense. one. Arkansas State, last six games. Averaging 40 points a game, one of the hottest offenses in college football right now. So. All right, perfect. Well, we're going to certainly uh, give you another punt and pass before the national championship game on January the 8th. So keep it locked in here. And uh, follow Aaron on Twitter and Instagram, at AaronMurray11. You can follow me, at DrewButler13, and keep it on punt and pass as well, at punt and pass on Twitter and Instagram. We will talk to you next week. Happy New Year. See you.